Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. It's a perfect day to get into a swimming pool, isn't it? Yes. It's a really perfect day. Yes. Have you been to a pool yet? Nope. Neither have I. I can't. I can see me going the whole summer and never going to a pool. Why? Because when, when am I going to get to a pool? I work, and you work. And well, when, how about the, in the evenings? No way. No? There's not enough time. No. Really? I'm gonna. You got to go. I mean, once. How about like a lake, the ocean? That'd be fine. I'm not gonna make it to the ocean either. Really? I'm going. Definitely, I'm going to the ocean. Well, that's awesome. At some point, yeah, for sure. But today's a perfect day. Yes, it's it's a great Mm -hmm. day in Pittsburgh. We learned today that uh, June 2022, Pittsburgh had the fewest rainy days in 50 years. How about that? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a really sunny month. Yeah, I loved it. Were you worried about your your yard, your lawn, your I trees, or anything? I haven't done one smack of gardening. You're not swimming. Year. You're not gardening. No, I'm what? just trying to get my my life, life. reestablished in my house. Okay, of course, right? Yeah, you did redo yeah. your first floor. There. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, I mean, You'd you know. think that wouldn't take so much no. of my personal investment, but it seems to be taking all of it. Uh, well, it's a it's a playbook, right? To uh, have your house remodeled. Yes, it is. If anyone's interested in doing a remodeling project at their house, I would mm-hmm, love to talk mm-hmm. to them about what they can expect. Yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. so I mean, you, have to, you have to really want it. Well, it would be different if it wasn't the pandemic. Yes, that probably would have been different. Right. I can't imagine what it would have been like because I don't have right. anything to compare it but to. But you were fortunate to have it done. I'm while very this was fortunate on. to have it done. Yeah. And now and that it's all done. Excellent people have done it. Mm-hmm. Do you sit there and go, holy smokes? Yes. Do you? Literally. Daily. You're still thrilled. Yes, we all are. My whole family. Mm-hmm. My whole family. Even the Verizon guy that came in today was thrilled. What do you mean? We had, we were having trouble with my with our wireless. What, he's he, been there before? No, but he came in and he was thrilled. Hey, what do you mean? He's mm-hmm. like, holy smokes, what's going on yeah. here? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You know you're uh, like hitting it out of the park and the Verizon I guy know. is so excited. Uh-huh. The, oh, the water guy liked it too. I forgot what? about that. Yeah, the water, the, they came to read our meter last Friday. And he Wait, was like, they walk in your house and they say something? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That is excellent. That's, it makes you feel really good. The last time I visited... It was still pretty messy, John. Yeah. yeah it the, was pretty... Yeah, yeah. There wasn't much going I mean, the guys yeah. were there. They were... I don't know what they were doing. There was a lot of construction dust mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah. Remember, we had that table that we thought we were going to use there for a while. Mm-hmm. It was coated with dust of indeterminate source. Right. right I'm coming. I'm going to come for a visit. Great. And, uh, I'd love to have you come for a and visit. And the cats? The cats are great. They fully established their dominance over all of the new areas. As they are. Mm-hmm. They should. Yeah, yep, nice. the cats have thrown up a couple times in the new carpet, so all's right with the world. <laughs> don't you? Does Why that, do they have to do that? Uh, Why? Because they're cats. Because they don't even and care. They, what about the hard surface, like the, the wood floor? That would be easier, right, to clean yeah. that up? Do your cats do that thing? Yep, of course. The, I, Every cat like, does. It's the worst. That's the worst. That is the most horrible sound. <laughs> It oh, makes you anxious. Of course I mean, you it see does. That, like, the first time I saw that, I thought, oh, this cat's dying or something. Right. I, and all it is is just like right. a hairball or yeah. something. Yeah, and then they just walk <laughs> away from it. It's the weirdest and they're, thing. And they walk away because they're convinced, oh, they'll get it. They'll get it. That's what they think to uh, us. Oh, yeah. They'll get it. They don't, they don't care. That's if you fine. didn't get, get it, it, they wouldn't even matter. They'll would? get it. Come by and they don't even look at it. No. I look at it. I'll tell you right now. Of course now. you do. Mm-hmm. At, least, I mean, at least you're not anxious about it. You know what? It's a how. I just refuse to do that. Yeah. Like, I didn't do it so that it would be, like, untouchable because that would be stupid. It's a stain, not permanent. 
No, I got it out. Okay, Look, good. I've worked for a carpet company for five years. Oh, I can get a stain out of carpet. Oh, yeah, okay. It's one of my skills, people. Okay, very okay? nice. Okay, like you can talk like a Christmas tree. I can get a stain <laughs> out of a carpet. Everybody has their skill set, Exactly. Kat. All right. Hey, it's a super, I mean, a big busy day in the news, is it not? It is, and it's the last day of June. Ooh, it was a fast month. It went too fast. Dry know, I really fast. don't want to talk about it. Okay. You want to just go right to commercial? No, because I do have four things okay. I would like to say. So as we always do, the top news stories that they cast without further ado, please give us the top four at four. I will, John, mm-hmm. for Thursday, June 30th, Thank you. 2022. Hi. <laughs> Number one. Katanji Brown-Jackson sworn as an associate justice of the Supreme Court today, officially taking her place in history as the first black woman to serve on the nation's highest court. There was a brief ceremony at the Supreme Court. It was broadcast live, though I did not see it. Uh, She took the oath administered by Chief Justice John Roberts and um, her judicial oath administered by now-retired Stephen Breyer. And by now-retired, I mean he just retired at noon. Um, Jackson took the oath with her hand on two Bibles held by her husband, Patrick, a family Bible and the Harlan Bible, which Justice John Marshall Harlan donated to the court in 1906, which is pretty cool. cool. Imagine walking in there and thinking, this is my first day in the job and wondering, I wonder how these guys are getting along. Is there any dysfunction (laughs) in this workplace? Do these guys like each other? Right. Number two. A long-running battle over the use of fetal tissue in medical research deepened in our state's capital this week, and the casualties may include funding for Pitt and potentially Penn State and other state-supported schools. Pitt was to receive over $150 million from the state, at least until Republicans in the House added a caveat, which said this, in order to receive a payment, the amendment read, the state-related university, as in Pitt, must not engage in research or experiments using fetal tissue obtained from an elective abortion. Uh, this was sponsored by Schoolkill County Republican Jerry Knowles. He said, my goal is to stop these horrible actions, not to stop the funding of schools. Now, Pitt, for their part, says that the university devotes every dollar of the general support appropriation it receives from the state to help support a tuition discount for PA students. But concerns that the university have been growing for months that such an action could jeopardize the about $15,000 tuition discount offered to in-state students a lot going on in that story. In the face of criticism, Pitt commissioned an outside audit last year to verify that its use of this tissue met legal and ethical requirements, but dozens of national Republicans joined Ressenschaller and Kelly. Those are two regional congressmen to urge a federal investigation of Pitt Hmm. just last month. That's from WESA. Number three. A state court today permanently blocked the governor's plan to toll as many as nine major bridges on the interstate. I'm very excited. Siding with the three Pittsburgh municipalities that argued that his administration had violated procedures in getting to this stage of it. So basically, the problem was, is he said he wanted to do it, but he didn't say which bridges he wanted to do. Okay. And they were like, well, you know, it's kind of important. Be that we specific like, here. Yeah, be, which specific bridges are mm-hmm. you talking sure. about? As a result, parties potentially affected by a tolling project had no opportunity to give input to the process. Hmm. And they were like, wait, this is happening here? What? <laughs> Wolf's push for tolling comes as states look to other ways to make up for a declining gas tax revenue to fix our highways and bridges, which we all know kind of need some help. And number four, opening fall 2022. Two in Pittsburgh's north side, the first American lander since Apollo being built right, and you can watch it happen at the new Moonshot Museum. Cool. And that's the top four at four.
Very nice. Listen, so, you're going to love this so much. Yeah, astrobotics. The only museum in the state to focus exclusively on space exploration. You can see real spacecraft as it's being built. You can go on a simulated lunar mission. You can find out how you fit into the future of space exploration, John, because I know you want to. It's going to be co-located at the headquarters of Astrobotics, of Astrobotic in the north side. And it sounds like a really cool opportunity to get up close and behind the scenes as our nation gets back to the moon. I love it. Everything about it. I knew you would. Fabulous. So Pittsburgh's part of it. Very good. Fall. You could be like a docent. Oh, that'd be that'd be interesting. You'd be excellent at that. If you were if you made uh, a talking Christmas tree into a success, oh. you can certainly do this. Sure. Okay. Well, maybe I'll put that on my to do list, my bucket list Great. at some point in the near can future. Can you imagine Christy us walking into the Moonshot Museum and John is our like greetings? So, like he could wear like a little white NASA jacket. Very nice and a hard hat. I would look forward to that. Wouldn't that be good? Very happy to see you. What's um what's uh the Tesla SpaceX? When you go to SpaceX though, all of the docents look like super hip. Oh, that's not me. So we'll have to get. <laughs> we, can, yeah. we can change up the yeah, wardrobe. Do whatever it. we have to do. The well, hypnotist days have. Uh, no, they can return, have, John. Have landed. It's a elsewhere. state of mind. Okay, all right. <laughs> Babies are not bad for business. Jerry Boyer's next. One hundred one point five W O R D. Plan now to join Word FM Tuesday, August sixteenth, aboard the Gateway Clippers Empress for another fabulous dinner cruise. From six thirty to nine, relax in the company of fellow believers as you enjoy a fantastic dinner buffet, music, and stunning views of the city skyline. The ride homes, John and Kathy, will be your cruise directors for this amazing night, sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. Don't miss the boat. Last year's event completely sold out. Reserve now at wordfm.com slash dinner cruise. So my sister and I, that's me, are into dominoes. There's this fancy domino TV show, and we are destined to be on that show. Uncle Ryan, though, that's me, has a hand that shakes like a jackhammer. The dude can't get ten dominoes before his dreams come toppling down. Luckily, there was one positive that came from my domino disaster. I'm about to use it as an analogy in our mortgage commercial. Buying a home right now can be hard. Bidding wars, lack of inventory, rates going up and down. It's easy to have your new home dreams toppled. At United Faith Mortgage, we can't easy fix those hurdles, but we are good at making the mortgage part awesome. We pay $1,000 of your closing costs on new home purchases. And we're an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender. Our company uses its own money and there's no middleman which often allows us to get you a better rate, saving monthly and lifelong money. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Train up a child in the way they should go. Well, you know the rest. It's a calling you take very seriously as a Christian parent. And Trinity Christian School in Forest Hill seeks to honor your commitment by working together with parents to prepare students who are academically sound and spiritually ready to take their place in the world through a classical approach to education that helps build a faith from which they will never depart. Trinity Christian School, one of the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County at trinitychristian.net. The Mechanical Services Company Trusted, proven, preferred for all mechanical systems, heating and air. Our team has got you covered. Maintenance, service, installs and repair. Call us when you need comfort. Online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. 
Hi, this is Bob Lapine. I hope you're benefiting from listening to Truth For Life with Alistair Begg. Our daily program comes to you by way of your fellow listeners, listeners called Truth Partners. It's their monthly giving that cares for the cost of distributing Alistair's teaching to local stations like this one. So today, will you pass their generosity forward? Will you become a Truth Partner? and help bring the gospel to others. Sign up at truthforlife.org slash truthpartner. Jerry Boyer is back with us. He's a regular guest on our show. Jerry is the host of the podcast, Meeting of Minds. Also, his new book, The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Hey, Jerry, welcome back. How you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? Good, real good. Always happy to have you with us. Always a pleasure to be here. Jerry, I am kind of laughing slash crying when I'm reading the corporate response to the overturn of Roe versus Wade. It seems like every corporation that I get a little blurb from, and some of them are retail stores that I've purchased from in the past, so I've gotten a little email. They're, they're tripping over themselves to say, oh, well, you know what? We are going to support every woman who works for us. And so she can get as many abortions as she wants. Because of course, if she's, if she's not going to get an abortion, then we're going to lose her from the workforce and then she's not going to come back to work. And that's going to be a huge injustice for her. And I think, Talk about like telling one fraction of that story, uh, but that seems to be the only fraction that we're hearing right now. Yeah, it's weird. I, I mean, the math is really very dodgy. Uh, I mean, the basic argument um, is that abortion helps business um, because babies need to be taken care of, um, and sometimes it's so inconvenient. Want- yeah, it really is. And sometimes moms want to take care of the babies, mm-hmm. right? And so while the moms are taking care of the babies, they're not working. So the labor participation rate goes down. And this is just a classic example. I mean, you take a statistics class, they probably won't use this example, uh, but it's a classic example of something called base rate fallacy. Who cares what the labor participation rate is? Mm. That doesn't matter. What matters is, are there enough workers for the economy, for the labor market? And what matters morally is do we t- treat people as made in the image of God? But from an economic standpoint, from a labor market standpoint, are there enough workers? Well, there aren't enough workers, but that's because 66 million of them are dead. Um, 44 million who would be, I went and did the math year by year, 18 to basically everybody aborted after Roe versus Wade is 49 or younger. Um, So none of them would be retirement age. So 44 million would be 49 down to age 18. So that's the, those that's working age, 44 million people who, who would be working age aren't, they're not here. I understand some of them might have died of natural causes, but some of them also would have had children. So that number is basically basically right. So, yeah, we do have a labor shortage. And it's absolutely amazing to me that these companies and they're following the lead of the government. Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, made this argument a few months ago that these companies are saying that we're going it's economically beneficial to give up a whole lifetime of productive economic activity because there might be a year or two where there's where you have a babe or a toddler at home where, where mom takes care of that child. Right. That is such weird, distorted mathematics. Um, and of course, let's say the mom never does go back to work. Yes, but she's buying things. Mm-hmm. She's a customer. 
you know, a group of activists tried to make this argument to Walmart that it's like, well, you know, Walmart won't have enough workers. The people who make this argument have never been to a Walmart. I go to Walmart with my life. There's, there's babies there. There's little kids there. There's moms. Babies are customers via their parents. It's absolutely crazy to think that abortion is anything good for business. It was always crazy. But now that we're in the midst of supply chain disruptions due to a labor shortage, the lie of the economic benefits of Roe versus Wade is utterly exposed. Mm -hmm. And the fact that people are still making these arguments is embarrassing and horrifying. Okay, so Jerry, so there's corporate America, and they are celebrating abortion across the country. But, you know, Mother's Day was just in May, and I do believe a majority of corporate America was also celebrating Mother's Day. Yes, um, they're, they're celebrating Mother's Day. And I guess the way they look at it is Mother's Day is the anthropology behind the abortion argument basically comes down to this. It is a baby or it's not a baby, depending on whether it's wanted. Mm. If it's wanted, it's a baby. In other words, the mother's desire for the baby, her will ontologically imbues that little one in the womb with personhood. I see. So, so you could be pro-mother because mothers are the ones who wanted the baby. And so because they wanted the baby, it's a human. And so everyone can say you can have gender reveal parties. Uh, congratulations, it's a boy. Congratulations, it's a girl, blue or pink, because that's a wanted baby. But if it's an unwanted baby, what the, what's the point? of It's not a baby at all. It's just a blob of tissue. Now, philosophically, that's completely incoherent, but that's the age we live in. Now, one of the reasons they talk up Mother's Day is because Mother's Day is good for business. Mm-hmm. But if Mother's Day is good for business, then babies are good for business. And if babies are good for business, then abortion is bad for business, but they won't take that next step. Instead, they're pandering to a certain crowd. And I think these corporations are figuring out, oh, wait, wait a minute. I thought there'd be nothing but applause because they're used to that. They come out and say something, you know, that caters to the left and bravo, bravo, dicks, you Mm. won't be selling assault rifles, whatever that is. And now they're coming out and I'm looking at the Twitter conversation and there's a lot of just stick to your business. Yeah. Um, Duolingo, another Pittsburgh based company. Uh, wait a minute. Really? You need to take a position on this issue. Abortion is a key issue for you. Hey, maybe make a profit for the first time in the history of the company. Maybe get focused on that. Um, so I think these companies, they were out there in front, um, you know, because activists were working on them before Mm -hmm. Christians weren't in the boardroom dealing with this issue. But activists, as as much as two years ago, were in there saying, if Roe versus Wade falls, this is what you need to do. So they were out ahead of us. And that's why these companies are falling into line. But it's interesting how few companies we're not hearing from as many companies as we would expect. I see. So, um, well, so Jerry, right. so in the same time, then within the companies working on this messaging for the last couple of years, are you saying that, you know, within marketing and PR departments in corporate America, there are activists that are there and that's pretty much their job to look at the social aspect of the country and then to create elements around that? Their job is to make the company look good to the public. But in reality, the people who gravitate towards those roles, investor relations, human relations, public relations, tend to be people who are ideologically captured. And so in many ways, they become missionaries from outside activists 
activist groups to the corporation. So they're, they're, I mean, they're hired to basically make the company look good. They're brand builders. But what really happens is they represent a certain ideological community and they are essentially kind of missionaries from that ideological community, sexual revolution, pro-abortion, et cetera, um, Black Lives Matter movement, et cetera. They are ideological representatives to the suits. Uh, So I've been in a lot of meetings and the, the kind of person who gravitates towards that position is the kind of person who really isn't mainly working for the company. They're getting paid by the company, sure. which means they're getting paid by the shareholders. But in some sense, because of their own religious, and it is religious, secularism is a religion, yeah. because of their own religious orientation, they're essentially evangelizing upward to their bosses. I see. Okay. So then the, then corporate America, as they're in the hiring process, obviously they, they must be aware of that. They see this on the person's resume, their stripe in some way. And of course, then it goes back to universities that they're, this is being taught in the classroom as well. The application of PR principles to corporate America and then the hiring process and then to the actual application to you and I. Yes, absolutely. So when you're hiring somebody for positions like this, a diversity officer, for example, or human relations, you're hiring somebody who majored in something similar to that in school, right? So you hire your diversity officer from, you know, black studies, women's studies, you know, grievance studies sure. um, majors, right? Because that's supposed to be the training for that. And or, or someone's gone through a certain kind of professional certification for, you know, human resources, But these groups, these professional associations and these departments of the universities are ideologically captured. So CEO just says, well, get me someone from a good school who majors in this stuff, not understanding that what they're really getting is somebody who does not have the company's best interest in mind. They are pushing an ideological agenda. And these CEOs are under pressure from outside activists who are working with inside employee resource groups who are part of the activist group. So you look at a Disney right? So you'll have somebody working in Disney and human resources and somebody in diversity, and they'll be working with an outside group of activists who will also be working with a group of activists who are organized inside. There'll I be an that. LGBTQ employee resource group, and they, they're all teamed up and they're hyper-organized. And so when something happens politically that Disney maybe doesn't want to speak to, like you know, talking about gender transition to five-year-olds, that group is locked and loaded and we're, huh, what, what's going on? Uh, I think I read something after the fact. Uh, and that's why we're seeing happening what, what we're seeing happening. Wow. That's Jerry Boyer with us, author of The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. After our break, uh, Jerry, I'm going to ask you about the loudness of the U.S. culture makers because it is really surprising. You know, everything we hear is saying that Roe versus Wade and the overturn is a horrible thing. Um, it's amazing that there are as many pro-life people in America as there are. So we'll talk about that coming up next. It's Thursday edition of The Ride Home. At the Original Mattress Factory, we pride ourselves on providing the best value for your dollar. We hand-build our mattresses with the highest quality materials and offer them factory direct, which means you get a better quality mattress at a better price compared to mainstream brands. Our values are also at the core of who we are as a company. We strive for honesty and transparency at every step of the way, so you can feel good about your purchase. Visit an OMF location today to experience the original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Windows are us. You've tried the rest, now try the best. 
When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now, get zero. Zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsrustpittsburgh.com. It's Trinity Jewelers' 6th Annual Half-Off, Half-The-Store Sale. It only happens once a year. Come to Trinity Jewelers July 7th through 12th and get half-off, half-the-store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 70% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers' Half-Off, Half-The-Store Sale at Trinity Jewelers' Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 22 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 12th. Visit trinityjewelers.com. Do you need new blocks? Blinds or shades? Blindster.com offers custom-made blind shades and shutters shipped directly to you at prices less than big box retailers. Blindster blinds are easy to install and guaranteed to fit. Don't overpay for new blinds. Shop Blindster today and save big. Blindster.com. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. I can't believe you found them. He seems sorry. We very clearly told him not to look up there. I'm honestly impressed that he was able to do it. Right? What did he balance on that big chair? Yeah, I mean, I guess he'll just know what his gifts are this year. I really thought we had hidden them well. If they can find their presence, they can find a gun. 911, what is your emergency? Every day, eight kids and teens are unintentionally killed or injured by loaded and unlocked guns. Learn how to make your home safer at nfamilyfire.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and Family Fire. Mainly clear skies for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 65 for tomorrow. Warm and humid with partial sunshine. A heavy afternoon thunderstorm, the high 88. Patchy clouds and humid tomorrow night with a thunderstorm in the evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 69. Saturday, clouds and breaks of sun. It'll be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Outdoor plans can be impacted. We'll reach a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Talk with Jerry Boyer. He's an economist, a podcaster, an author, an influencer, I would say, as well. He influences me. Yes. Jerry? <laughs> that makes him an influencer. Uh, Jerry, the overturn of Roe versus Wade was shocking across the board uh, for people all across the country, probably around the world, at least around the Western world. And one of the things that was surprising to me about it is um, that in spite of how loudly our cultural elites have trumpeted the abortion issue over so many decades that, A, there are still general Americans who are pro-life and against abortion, but also that our culture was able to produce um, jurist doctors who were able to argue that case in such a succinct, persuasive, effective way. Um, so I don't know your reaction to that. Well, my reaction is... Thank God for the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit is God, so thank the Holy Spirit for the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, uh, because when you're up against all the culture-forming institutions and the greatest agitprop experts in the history of the world, 
uh, people who are, you know, good at manipulating public opinion and forming public opinion. When everybody in Hollywood thinks that their bone structure, uh, which makes them look good on camera, somehow should turn them into moral theologians or prophets that we should listen to. (laughs) Um, And they have mass followings, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, you know, they come out and decry the overturn of Roe versus Wade, that there is a core of people who are gripped by the Holy Spirit, who will not give up on the most vulnerable kind of human being there is in the world right Mm -hmm. now, the unborn human being. Um, And that is, a cause for rejoicing. And it's also a cause for rejoicing that they didn't give up, you know, for 49 years fighting that fight because it's an exhausting fight and they kept doing it. We kept doing it, but I'll, I'm not going to say we, because there are a whole lot of people who did a whole lot more than I did. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to give myself credit, um, but they kept at it. And not only did they keep at it by protesting at abortion clinics, praying at abortion clinics, building pro-life centers, you know, um, uh, mom's house in Pennsylvania and others. They also build institutions, pro-life institutions. They built an alternate legal education system. So even though the law schools themselves were ideologically captured, there were groups like the Federalist Society, um, Christian Law Society and others um, that kept in there and kept intellectually reinforcing and morally reinforcing um, that moral impulse to protect the unborn. And then there was a victory. And I think that's marvelous. And it really shows you, shows me at least, how completely insulated our ruling class is Mm. in that they didn't expect this at all. They were utterly flabbergasted by it. They don't understand it. They don't even really know what happened. Um, And they just thought everyone thinks like they do. Therefore, everyone thinks like they do. And they can't actually believe that a court ruled um, against them. But the thing is, it was really bad law. Ruth Bader Ginsburg pointed that out, that Roe versus Wade was not a well-argued position. Um, Even if someone agrees with a policy side of it, I don't. But um, even someone who does can say that there was nothing in the text of the Constitution that gave them the authority to do this. So, yeah, they were shocked um, because they were arrogant. Um, And so maybe this will wake them up in their arrogance, or maybe it'll make them so like, maybe it's like Gideon versus the Midianites. Maybe they're just panicked. Um, they were arrogant and now they're panicked and they're confounded. It says in the Psalms, let my enemies be be confounded. So I'm happy that they're shocked. I'm happy that they're panicked. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy that Roe versus Wade passed. Uh, I'm finding it odd that Christians are out there. Some Christians are saying, well, you have to mourn with those who mourn and people are mourning over this. It's not talking about that. (laughs) Mourn with those who mourn is you mourn with the moms who lost their children when Herod killed them. It's not mourn because finally Herod was removed and stopped killing people. Um, And some people who like killing people were upset by that. You mourn with people who mourn righteously. Mm. People who are mourning the overtone of Roe versus Wade are not mourning righteously. We should be rejoicing in this. I know the battle's not over. The war's not over. It's a battle. This is a triumph. It's a triumph of God. And I pray that 
we keep going on with these triumphs. I'm into that, the spiritual side of that. So, Jared, you know, earlier in the conversation, you were talking about corporate America and the activism that goes on. It's interesting to see, we talked about this on the air, I think on Monday or Tuesday of this week, where, you know, um, government entities here in the city of Pittsburgh, the new mayor of the city of Pittsburgh said, hey, let's make Pittsburgh a destination for abortions. Come to Pittsburgh and have your abortion here to the cheers of those who were assembled down at the city county building. It's abhorrent. It really is. And he should know better. And what it says about the decline of the Democratic Party in right. this region. That's for sure. I, I remember, I think it was 25 years ago, there was a reporter at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette who wanted to do a story about pro-lifers, but she didn't know any. Uh, so she called me yeah. and she said, well, what's the uh, largest organization in Western Pennsylvania uh, that's pro-life or against abortion? What's the largest anti-abortion organization in Western Pennsylvania. And I thought about it for a moment and I said, oh, that's easy. That's the Allegheny County Democratic Party. (laughs) Because the mayors had been pro-life, the county commissioners had been pro-life, members of the congressional delegation, Western Pennsylvania Democrats were pro-life. They were Bob Casey Democrats. That's gone now. Um, And that's that's a really shameful thing. Now, of course, that's pandering. I mean, what can a mayor do to make this a destination center for abortion? Um, There's nothing. Mayors don't have any authority over abortion policy. Uh, Governors do in terms of a veto. This is up to state legislatures. And let me make a point about this, because we've had to sit through hair on fire screeching about the death of democracy over the past couple of years as various states have enacted things like um, voter ID laws. Mm -hmm. You can make good argument for voter ID laws. You can make good arguments against them. I don't really have a position on them. But what I heard is that if a state says you can't vote unless you have a voter ID, then that is voter suppression. It's the death of democracy. It's destroying democracy. Uh, It's Jim Crow all over again, the current president said. Mm -hmm. Um, And we need to save democracy. January 6th was overturning democracy. Russia hacked our election in 2016, destroying democracy. Well, hold on a second. Okay. Well, what, what just happened with the Supreme Court? The Supreme Court just endorsed democracy. The Supreme Court just said, It's not our decision. It's up to the voters. So when people in Mississippi, when Mississippi was doing voter reform, everyone told us this is terrible. Their vote is sacred. The vote of people in Mississippi is sacred. We can't do anything. It's the most important thing in the world is their Democratic vote. Okay, they used it to vote to protect the unborn. And you're upset because the court isn't overturning democracy. Please choose a lane. Do the votes count or not? All the Supreme Court did is gave it back to the voters. If you think voting is sacred, then you should be pleased by that. Amen. Jerry Boyer is the host of the new podcast, Meeting of Minds. You can check him out there. After our break, Jerry, you went exactly where I was going to go, which is that it's just ironic that we're talking about the death of democracy, that the Supreme Court decisions overturned. Now it's going back to the states where democracy lives. Yes. We'll break it down a little more next in the right home. 101.5 WORD. The station with Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music every weekend. With the best new music. New, new, new music. Things that I'm afraid of. New music from Josh Wilson. New creation from Matt Powell. And I've got joy from CeCe Wyden. 
Celebrating 20 years of bringing Pittsburgh's favorites and the best new music. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your Upside cash, just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code TREE for an extra $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code TREE. Use code TREE for an extra $0.25 per gallon back in your first fill-up. I love seeing a transformation of a smile. There's a reason patients love Dr. Megan Stock. Voted Pittsburgh Trib's best of the best dentist in northern Allegheny County for the second year in a row. You don't have to do full mouth rehabilitation to really transform a patient's life. For a patient to be able to smile confidently and be happy with their own smile. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Stock Family Dentistry, Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. This is Pastor Tom Hall. People are capable of such goodness. So why are we at war with each other? It turns out the Christian faith is completely realistic about human nature. Faith gives us the tools to examine ourselves and imagine a better future. Join us for worship at First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, 326th Avenue, downtown, Sundays at 1045, for our sermon series, What's Wrong With Us? Learn more at fpcp.org. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Gary Boyer is with us. He is the host of the podcast, Meeting of Minds. Also, his book is called The Maker versus the Takers, what Jesus really said about social justice and economics. Jerry Boyer. If you hang out on Twitter, look at other social media, or as we talked about before, you read, you follow your latest celebrity on Instagram or whatever. Um, or I think Elizabeth Warren made a big statement about this just the other day, that, that this Roe versus Wade overturn is the death of democracy. Hmm. And I read that and I laughed. I thought, now this is so ridiculous that, I mean, it's ridiculous enough that a celebrity says it, Jerry, but it's right. more a ridiculous. Senator? I'm right. more ridiculous when a senator says it's the death of democracy. I mean, isn't the legislative process the essence of what we're doing? I mean, this couldn't be a more democratic decision. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, I mean, if you kind of reverse engineer what the presupposition is, the presupposition is it's only democracy if it comes to the conclusion that agrees with me. If it comes to an opposite conclusion, it's special interest group, it's uh, demagoguery, whatever. Gloria Steinem, um, who I go to frequently for um, (laughs) cultural insight, said that um, it's the reassertion of white supremacy. And it's like, wait a minute, for the past week, everyone's told me 
actually for a month going into this, that the overturning Roe versus Wade, that minorities will be hardest hit because disproportionately it's minority babies who are aborted. Okay, so if it's minorities that are hardest hit and they're not aborted, that's more people of color. So, I mean, I think white supremacists are pretty stupid. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm willing to concede that. I, my rule is you shouldn't be able to be a white supremacist unless you can spell supremacist. Um, and that would wipe the movement out entirely. So they're not the brightest bulbs in the tree. But surely they know that if we're disproportionately aborting little black babies and we get rid of abortion, that's more little black babies. I don't see that how that adds up to white supremacy. Um, So, I mean, do they even know what they're saying or do they just take here's an emotional activation word, democracy, or here's another emotional activation um, replacement theory or white supremacy. And I'm just going to throw an emotional activation word at you and get a certain reaction. I think that's probably what's going on. But what's happening is that people are so fed up with it that we just don't care. Uh, you know, I don't care that you're famous. I don't care that you're a senator. I don't care that you are in Marvel movies and look good in spandex. I don't care. You carry no moral suasion with me. I've seen the ultrasounds. That's it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it. We've all seen the ultrasounds. Look at them. That's a baby. Yeah. And we all know it. And we don't, we don't care what cultural elites and the glitterati tell us. We have our own eyes, and we can see what a baby looks like. I'm into that. Jer, uh, let's end our conversation where we first started, which is in the uh, boardrooms of corporate America. Now, uh, you and uh, your circle, your family, they have been active. You've been active within corporate boardrooms, especially over the pandemic, where you can uh, show up on Zoom at corporate board meetings. Talk right. to us about uh, activism, uh, whether it's uh, pro-life or uh, pro-abortion within corporate America in the boardrooms. Well, almost all the activism has been pro-abortion, although I've been able to participate in voting against the, you know, those resolutions. And thank God, a lot of them, all of them failed. All the pro-abortion resolutions this year failed. Some of them came distressingly close, Hmm. um, but they did fail. So that movement is really kind of petering out. They control broadcast television. They control MSNBC, CNN, that glom. They control the New York Times, which was basically founded on an abortion. I guess that's a story for another time. Hmm. Uh, the founders of the New York Times aborted their child the year it was launched really? uh, because they couldn't, they couldn't build that institution and raise a baby at the same time. At least that's what the mother what? concluded. So they had to abort in order to found the New York Times. Uh, so the cultural elite, you know, have always pushed in that direction, but they're losing. They're out of touch. We've developed immunity to it. Wow. Jerry Boyer with us. He's the author of The Maker Versus the Takers, What Jesus Really Said About Social Justice and Economics. Also, you can check out his podcast called Meeting of the Minds. No, it's not Meeting of the Minds. It's just Meeting of Minds. There's no Meeting the. of Minds no, podcast. Meeting of Minds podcast. Forgive me. I always want to put an extraneous article in there. Um, so, Jerry, when we look at the uh, next step, we're looking beyond the overturn of Roe versus Wade. Um, things are going to get really dicey all across the country as uh, people realize that the the state legislatures are where the real action is going to take place when it comes to the to the abortion issue. Um, I wonder what I'm wondering what you think about that. Do you, what's your crystal ball on that? What do you see happening? Things that concern you? Things that uh, you think are great opportunities? for people who support uh, children and moms? 
Well, I think the battle will be boardrooms and state legislatures, and the battle will also be the culture. And what I'd say about the culture is if you're pro-life, be brave. Um, they'll, they might ridicule you, but the people you're speaking up for are dismembered. So think about what they face as opposed to what we face in terms of ridicule and speak up, say something, say, join me at a board meeting, speak up, um, speak up in letters to the editor, speak up in your social circle talking about it. But also let's say this really works. There's going to be more babies. Let's be ready for the more babies. Now, it is a lie that Christians don't care about babies once they're born. That's a lie. We're we're high on adoption, we do foster care, and we have crisis pregnancy centers. So that's false. But we still might need to up the game. We might have the rejoiceful burden of having more babies. So I would say, I'm not going to specify any particular charity. That's somebody else's job. Up your giving to crisis pregnancy centers, I think, would be a good place to start. If If you've been thinking about adoption, but maybe you know, you've been on the bubble, maybe look more carefully into talk to a Christian adoption agency because there might be more uh, babies to adopt. Don't lose your nerve. We're a majority. Um, And even if we weren't a majority, there's a trillion angels. I don't know how many angels, but I bet there's there's numberless angels. Uh, So we're in the majority, even if the culture is against us. Uh, But in fact, in reality, the trend is as we're trending younger, we're trending more pro-life. Young, you know, Zoomer, wise, more pro-life Zoomers. Uh, I bet alphas are going to be a very pro-life generation. So younger people are more pro-life. That the pro-abortion movement is sort of dying off with, you know, second, whatever they call third generation, the Gloria Steinems, boomers Mm -hmm. who were whatever bored with the suburbs and needed needed a hobby. And I guess baby killing, advocating baby killing became a hobby to deal with the boredom. That's going away demographically. The groups that are growing in this country, Latinos are more pro-life than the people, um, uh, you know, that that are dying off. So I think we should be optimistic, up your game, maybe get involved in not just the pro-life movement, but now helping with those children, volunteer for a crisis pregnancy center, financially support them. This this is an opportunity for us to harvest from the victory. So it's not just babies. It's babies who are fully loved and embraced by the Christian community. Fabulous. What a blessing it's been, uh, as well as a big surprise, Jerry. So always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us here today. We appreciate your time here, and uh, happy Fourth of July to you and yours. And to you, God bless. Very nice. Jerry Boyer, uh, his podcast, Meeting of Minds podcast. Not the. Meeting of Minds Mm -hmm. podcast. And, uh, well, always a great pleasure. Mm -hmm. Look out for Jerry on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrustpittsburgh.com. Windows 
And now an important message from music superstar Willie Nelson. I've been fighting for legalization of the one thing that can bring comfort to millions. And of course, I'm talking about Skechers. Uh, can we stop the commercial? Willie, I don't think Skechers are illegal anywhere. Really? But they feel so good. Nope, you can wear them anywhere, Willie. Well, pass the Skechers. Skechers Comfort feels so good because Skechers is the comfort technology company and has all the fits and features you need for ultimate comfort. Find Skechers at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. What is a neighbor? This is Greg Trzynski at the Original Mattress Factory. We believe a neighbor is more than just someone who lives nearby. A good neighbor treats you with honesty and respect and works with you to build a better community. At OMF, you can expect to be treated like a neighbor. We offer our locally made, hand-built mattresses and box springs at a factory direct value because we know you deserve the best. Visit an OMF location today to experience the Original Mattress Factory difference for yourself. Parents are an extremely important part of their child's education. Kara Bell, principal at Jubilee Christian School in Mount Lebanon. We try to partner with parents and try to instill values that the parents want as well. We love to have parents come in and volunteer for activities, for recess, for lunch, to help out in the classrooms, field experiences once a month. We try to team so that we can meet the child's needs. Imagine, believe, achieve Jubilee Christian School, K-7th through grade, now enrolling for the fall at jubileecs.org. The fight for the unborn is raging in our country. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade, clearing the way for many states to ban or severely limit abortion. The debates have never been stronger. During this critical time, the award-winning film The Matter of Life cuts through the rhetoric and hatred and exposes the real issues surrounding the plight of the unborn. The Matter of Life. Stream it today at SalemNow.com and have your own life transformed as you watch The Matter of Life. When will you realize Vienna waits for you? Slow down. Vienna. Wouldn't it be nice to go to Vienna? I've never been. Uh, no, neither have I. No. Uh, Vienna apparently has reclaimed its title as the world's most livable city, according to a report by The Economist. The Austrian city held the highest ranking in 2018 and 2019, but sadly during the pandemic dropped to number 12. Oh, they all the way down to 12. Stability and good. What was the most livable city during COVID? Uh, Like there couldn't, like let's just not, let's take a break from this yearly survey. It was all a mess. Stability and good infrastructure are the city's main charms for its inhabitants, supported by good health care and plenty of opportunities for culture and entertainment. That's why uh, Vienna is on the rebound. Very nice, huh? European cities dominated the four of the six top ten spots. Canada had three in the top ten, Calgary, Vancouver, and Toronto. Mm. Japan's Osaka and Australia's Melbourne tied for 10th place. Los Angeles was one of the biggest mover-uppers in the ranking, uh, coming in 37th. I would never, ever want to live in L.A. Uh, The traffic is outrageous. Truly, you cannot picture the traffic until you go there. And you think... People, do you think, oh, there must be an accident up here? Maybe it's changed. Like We've talked about the traffic here in Pittsburgh. That's true. The pandemic may have changed that. I haven't been there since before the pandemic. Right? I mean, the first time I was there, we were on a six lane, six lanes across the highway. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? We have trouble here with two lanes. Right. Six lanes across, and uh, all of a sudden, a um, 
was a state trooper, flew by us and sort of jumped in front of us. We were like two cars back from this uh, state trooper. He turned on his lights, the state trooper did, and then started to zigzag across the six lanes. And immediately, all the traffic behind the state trooper's car slowed down, which allowed all the traffic in front of him. And then there was this huge gap. He probably zigzagged across in front of us for a good five minutes. And then there was this buffer. And then all of a sudden, at the end of five minutes, he shut off his lights and zoomed forward. So that what he created was... So that was like traffic control? It was. No way. He created a huge gap from us in the back to the traffic that was far ahead of him, five minutes ahead, and then traffic moved forward, and it opened things up. It was fascinating. Wow. Yeah, very cool. I remember being there. This was just in 2019, so it was right before the pandemic, on um, a Sunday night, and I was driving from L.A. south, and it was like, I mean, the sun was down, so it was 9 o'clock. Backed up. Six lanes. Yeah. Sunday night. It's not like it's, you know, Friday at 4.30. No. Sunday, I, th- I could never do this. Yeah. I could never do this. Los Angeles. It's well, just... And the pandemic's changed things. That's Unbelievable. All. Anyway, I'd love to go to Vienna. So if you could work that out for me, sure. I'd appreciate I'd it. Sure, film right on it. Uh, celebrity birthdays today, John. Okay. Celebrities I have, having birthdays. I have two to offer up for you, okay. uh, both in the world of sports. And this is going to be a little bit of a challenge for you, right. um, because I'm not sure how well situated you have these guys in your head. Okay. Uh, Mike Tyson will be first. <laughs> Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. He was. I remember he Mike Tyson today. Uh, today, Mike Tyson was at one time the baddest man on the planet. Yes, he certainly was. I mean, I remember. I was. I was probably in my twenties when Mike Tyson was the baddest man on the planet. He was a scary, scary guy in the ring. I mean, you know, boxing is a whole other matter. But they would ring the bell in the first round. And, you know, you know, in a boxing match, generally, like, there's this sort of dancing that goes on mm-hmm. where they figure each other. Mike Tyson would run, literally run from his corner and start to attack his opponent. I mean, sometimes his, his knockouts were like six seconds, 13 seconds, some crazy thing. Uh, so having said that, uh, Mike Tyson's been around a while. He's also been on Broadway, as a matter of fact, very successfully. In what? A one-man show. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. And I would have loved to have seen it. He stood up there and told stories. Wow. Uh, Mike Tyson, probably not the baddest man on the planet anymore, but he would still lick a lot of fear in people. Um, he still has a tattooed face, does he not? He does. He does. Mike Tyson is 50s. He's not 60. Uh, he's probably 58. 56. 56. Very good, John. All right, good. And next we go to the Olympics. Uh, Michael Phelps celebrates a birthday today. Michael Phelps. Most decorated Olympian ever. Man, I mean, can you, what's that guy's life like? Can you imagine? Well, it's been pretty rough. He lived in the pool. You'd think that it would be great because of his unbelievable success, but he's battled clinical depression. He's had all sorts of issues related to his incredible need to perform. Yeah. I think he, uh, I heard a couple years ago that uh, up until the time he retired from swimming, he had not taken one day off Mm -hmm. from training Mm -hmm. since he was 13. Not Christmas, not his birthday, nothing. Well, okay, so Mike, or Mike Tyson, uh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. He's made his nut. Yeah. All right, he's set. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a parent. He is a, a husband. Oh, good, excellent. Okay. Um, what, he's been away from competitive swimming for the past, what, five years, mm-hmm. eight years? Mike 
Michael Phelps is 36. 37. Hey, not bad. Nice job, John. Very good. Okay, good. Would you like to see Michael Phelps and Mike Tyson? I would. I was thinking as I'm looking together, at them together. The two mics together? Be a good, maybe, that right. could be a Broadway show for the yeah, next season. Well, happy birthday to them both, the Michaels on this day. Hey, stick around. Five o'clock hours coming up next. We've got a big one. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and Odyssey. Come. SRN News, I'm John Scott. At a news conference, NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says the Russian conflict, currently focused on Ukraine, could get worse. If this becomes a full-scale war between Russia and NATO, then we'll see suffering, damage, death, destruction uh, at a scale which is much, much worse than what we see in uh, Ukraine today. Stoltenberg spoke at the end of a summit in Madrid and labeled Russia a direct threat to its members' security. That I will administer justice. That I will administer justice. Without respect to persons. Without respect to persons. Former Justice Stephen Breyer administers the judicial oath to Katanji Brown-Jackson minutes after his retirement. The 51-year-old Jackson becomes the first black woman in the nation's highest court. The Dow is down 290 points, the NASDAQ off 140. This is SRN News. I remember getting tacos for a quarter in high school. Today, taking my nieces out for tacos demands a quarter of a paycheck. Buying gas is a gas. Buying Gatorade takes financial aid. Buying clothes has me watching knitting videos. And I thought about cutting my own hair until I saw the price of safety scissors. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, and prices are up everywhere, meaning the pressure is up for a lot of us. One thing that we're seeing a lot of listeners do to try to help is a cash-out refinance. Home values have gone through the roof, meaning most of us could cash out that extra value in our homes to use for life. I had a listener last week that was over the moon with her situation. She said she was going to use the extra cash to pay off all of her debt, do something special for her kids, and then just save the rest to fight these crazy price booms. If you're curious what that might look like for you, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right, roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an installation that's second to none. Doing it right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction doing business on Honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing it right will ensure that all work is installed to the industry's highest standards. Then, back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious, multi-award-winning Owens Corning Platinum contractor, as well as a VSI-certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with doing it right. Mention John and Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right, call doing it right. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. 
you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7-365, find them online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, referred. Your local radio stations are here for you. No subscriptions or monthly fees necessary. We're here to give you the news, weather, and traffic you need and the music you love. But if the foreign-owned record labels get their way, it could stop the music. They want Congress to force radio stations to pay them more money simply to play their music. Don't let radio go silent. Text LOCAL to 52886 and tell Congress to protect local radio stations. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. Mainly clear skies for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 65 for tomorrow. Warm and humid with partial sunshine, a heavy afternoon thunderstorm, the high 88. Patchy clouds and humid tomorrow night with a thunderstorm in the evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 69. Saturday, clouds and breaks of sun. It'll be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Outdoor plans can be impacted. We'll reach a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. A fascinating uh, article in today's uh, Wall Street Journal. A 1955 arrest warrant for Emmett Till's kidnapping has been unearthed in a Mississippi courthouse. Now, um... This arrest warrant has never been served, obviously. Um, Emmett Till was kidnapped uh, by two people in 1955. A 14-year-old black boy from Chicago kidnapped, tortured, and murdered in uh, northern Mississippi. His death did help to ignite uh, the civil rights movement. Now, the woman who's uh, the warrant uh, whose arrest was um, unearthed this past week, Carolyn Bryan Donham who is a white woman, accused Emmett Till of whistling at or flirting with her inside a store in Money, Mississippi. She was 21 at the time. An action that defied the codes, the racist codes of the era. The warrant, which Emmett Till's relatives and advocates uncovered last week in a courthouse in Greenwood, Mississippi, showed that the county sheriff could have arrested Ms. Donham, who was then 21 years old, on a kidnapping charge. Ms. Donham has never been arrested or charged with a crime in connection with Emmett Till's murder. Her husband at the time, Roy Bryant, and his half-brother, J.W. Millam, both men were also named in the August 1955 arrest warrant, said Keith Beauchamp, Beauchamp, a filmmaker who helped find the document at the courthouse. The men were tried, those two men, and acquitted of Emmett Till's murder by a jury, but they confessed to the murder in a magazine a few months later. The two men and at least one other person. And what they confessed to the magazine, they did it because they got paid $4,000. The two men and at least one other person abducted Emmett Till from his relative's home, beat him before weighing him down and releasing him into a river, according to the Justice Department. Now, the odd thing is that uh, Carolyn Dunham is still alive. She is in her late 80s. and um, Several years ago, she retracted her story. She did. She said she made it up. Mm-hmm. 
So it's interesting that this arrest warrant's there was found in, in a folder. I'm sure these people knew where it was. It wasn't as though this was a, a discovery, but the physical evidence itself yeah, is yeah, an yeah, indictment yeah. of the times yeah. and the denial of justice against yeah. this woman. Emmett Till um, is to say it's a tragic story is like minimizing the the history of it. But just thinking about the uh, you know he was on vacation. He's from Chicago. Right. He was vacationing Visiting in family. Mississippi when it happened. Um, so he gets mutil- not just killed, he was mutilated and drowned and killed. Um, and his mutilated body returned to his mother in Chicago. And she, of course, we all know, insisted on an open casket so that people could see what happened. And that decision that she made, perhaps could be attributed to the rest of the civil rights movement going on because right. that was so egregious. You can actually you can go online and look at the photographs yeah. of Emma Till's body uh, right now and it's it's an it's a horror. And you think about how long that family waited for justice. And you think about how painful that must have been. For day after day and year after year and decade after decade to know what was done to your son, that it was unjust, that it was excessively violent and he's gone and there is no recourse for you. There's no recognition. The jury found those two men not guilty a year later because they get paid $4,000 in cash. They admit they did it and there's still nothing. Mm -hmm. There's still – I mean – I, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's one of those stories that I come back to in my mind, John, when there are racial tensions in America and I hear people say, well, you know what? Look, why can't we all get along? You know, slavery was so long ago. Why is it still such a big deal? Well, because of stories like this, that's why it's still such a big deal because no, that- justice was so long, so long yep. incoming it's interesting because you know emmett till uh, the story came up or the murder of emmett till came up with the uh school shootings in uvalde because people were mm-hmm. saying well we should see the images of those murdered kids because it happened with emmett till which changed the narrative in the national di- yeah. national discussion so if we all looked at it maybe we'd be more right so we would see the horror of it all and go, oh, wait, you can't deny that. I don't want to see that, but I need to look at it, uh, uh, of the injustice of what's been perpetrated. So it's good. I mean, 1955, um, say what you will. Right? So everybody's known since 1956 right. that they did it. Think how long. I mean, good grief. And so for this woman. What? The woman who the twenty-one-year-old, yeah, who said who lied, right? Who said Emma Till whistled at me? Carolyn or, you know, Bryant. Yeah, I don't know what her married name is. There she is, you know, in her late eighties now. Uh, can you imagine, you know, for her feeling the hot heat, uh, the, the nipping of justice at her heels? And right? her, her, she Good. was, she was getting old. Yeah. Good. And, yeah, I, I believe I, I seem. I'm saying this off the top of my head without looking it up, but I'm pretty sure I remember. Her saying that one of the reasons why she came forward with the reality of the story is that she was getting older and she was afraid of God. Hmm. Well, which is appropriate. Then come forward now, right? There it is. All right. I mean, it's good to see this back in the news. Yeah. 
We need to take a break, but when we come back, belief in God in the U.S. has dipped to 81%, which still seems like a lot, but it's a new low for our country. Dr. Ryan Burge, Eastern Illinois University, will be on next. We're going to talk about it. Stay with us. WORD. When things seem impossible, God makes a way. That's what we learn when Through the Bible travels through the book of Ruth. Ruth and Naomi have lost their husbands and sons, made a treacherous journey back to Jerusalem, and are dealing with the poverty and hopelessness widows faced in that day. But God's about to do something big. Through the Bible, this evening at 9 p.m. on 101.5 WORD. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare. And that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to and I said this is what I said to you that was a lie and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point people started referring friends to me to help them cancel the timeshare and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. I guarantee if we take you as a client we will cancel your timeshare contract or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-786-9300. That's 800-786-9300. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. What is a warrior? At Portersville Christian School, it's more than a team name. A warrior is taught to serve, to passionately model the love of Christ toward neighbor, community, and world. To learn as they cultivate academic excellence and a lifelong love of learning from kindergarten to senior year. And to lead through Christian character and integrity. Are you a warrior? Discover Portersville Christian School just 15 minutes north of Cranberry, where warriors are made at OurPCS.org. Eighty-one percent of us believe in God. I mean, not I mean, of the three of us. No, I mean, you know, eighty-one. hundred hundred percent of the three of us believe in God across the Correct. country. Right? Okay, hundred yeah. percent. Right, that's good to know. I mean, that's. I would say that's a pretty high number. It seems like a high number until you get some grip on how many what what the numbers have been like in the past, which I is guess. why we turn to someone who tracks these 
Thanks. The numbers. Dr. Ryan Burge is back with us. Dr. Burge is Assistant Professor of Political Science at Eastern Illinois University. His research appears on the site Religion in Public. He tweets at Ryan Burge. And uh, Ryan, always interesting, 81%. I mean, that, that's pretty high, but you're saying we've slipped precipitously. Yeah. I mean, it used to be far above 90%, 95% back in the 40s. You know, So it's, it's a drop from where it was, um, and it seems like everyone wants to talk about it right now. I've gotten a lot of calls from media folks wanting to try to discuss what's going on with American religion, just one more piece of evidence that America believes in God less, more you know, less religious, things like that. Gallup's also the group that said that less than half of Americans say they're members of a religious organization now, too. So lots of data from Gallup trying to you know, make us Americans look less religious than I think they actually are, by the way. I think really? 81% is still a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me give you a statistic that I tell people they don't believe me, but I'm going to give you one that you can think about for a while. Amongst people who never go to church, never at all, 22% of them say, I believe in God without a doubt, and only 19% of them say, I don't believe in God at all. Wow. So even amongst non-church-going folk, belief is still really pervasive in this country, right? Only 40% of people who never go to church have an atheist or agnostic view of God. So that means 60% of never churchgoers still believe in God at some level. So we're still, I always say we're stubbornly religious in this country. (laughs) We just might not go to church. That's good. Okay. I'll take it. All right. So what does that mean, Ryan? I don't, Mm. probably since we've met you, which is, I don't know, three or four years, I've asked you that question probably a hundred times. So what does that mean? I mean, it's curious to me that we've got, uh, out of people who never go to church, 22% of them definitely believe in God. Right. Mm-hmm. So t- the first thing I think of is that's a problem with the church. I, I think it's well, here's the problem when we think about religion. And this is where like I'm different than most people because okay. of my training. Most people think about religion. They think about the vertical dimension, like mm-hmm. which is what you believe about, you know, the divine and the hereafter <laughs> and miracles and signs and wonders and all that kind of stuff. I don't think religion works that way at all. I think that the horizontal actually matters a whole lot more than the vertical does, you know, which is you and other people, the congregation you join, how often you go, where you live, you know, how often you congregate with other people. Those tell me a lot more about what you believe about God. And here's what we know. Attendance is the first thing to go. Over 40% of Americans go to church less than once a year. So lots and lots of people never, ever darken the church door or go once every three years with grandma on Easter to make her happy. You know, just they're, they're not church-going people. About 30% of people say they have no religious affiliation, depending on what poll you look at. But only 20% of people now say they don't believe in God, right? So we call those behavior, uh, belonging, and belief, the three Bs mm-hmm. of religion. So behavior is like doing stuff, going to church, praying, giving money, that kind of thing. Belonging is what do you affiliate with, Protestant, Catholic, Jewish, Mormon, Muslim. That's that's a belonging measure. And then the belief measure is you know what do you believe about God or the Bible? And usually it goes in order, behavior, belonging, belief. Belief's the last thing to go because if you think about it on a poll – I can say I believe in God and no one can check. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no, there's no one coming behind me and go, do you really believe? Now, when it comes to church attendance, there's actually tangible evidence of church attendance sure. or belonging to a tradition. So I think it's one thing on a poll for me to say I believe in God when really they say I believe in a spirit or the divine or this, you know, this thing up there in the sky. It's just easier to say yes to that question than the other two yeah. questions. So I think that's what we're seeing is just people, they can say they believe in God without doing anything, any follow up to that. Hmm. So I wonder, I mean, how much of this, 
you know, whether it's on Christian radio or on secular radio or across the, you know, social media and whatnot, how much does this inform people as to whether they believe in God or not, right? I mean, you're, we tend to follow our pat, our parents' pattern, right? If our parents were believers, we tend to be believers. If they weren't, we never, tend to never go to church. But now, with the rise of mass media, that really informs and I think probably disinforms most people about religious affiliation or God in general. What do you think? And John, you just teed me up big time. I oh, appreciate sorry. that. <laughs> I'm working on um, the second version of The Nuns. That's the first book I wrote, The Nuns, where they came from, who they are, where they're going. I'm writing a revised and updated edition. I'm adding a new graph to that. Cool. It's got two things on it. One is people who were raised with no religion. We ask them, what are you raised with, Protestant, Catholic? And they say, none. I was raised with no religion. And then what, are you, what is your current religion? Okay, Amongst people born in the 1990s, about 15% of them said they were raised with no religion. But about 33% of them say they have no religion now between the ages of 18 and 25, right? So it's definitely part of the puzzle, right? It's part of the picture. You being raised without faith means you're less likely to you know, be part of a tradition as an adult. But for everyone who's raised without religion, another one leaves religion in early adulthood, right? In their teen years or by their 25th birthday, they've left faith. And we actually – I'm doing a, another project right now on de-church people who have left church. Asking them when they were the most religious, you know what age they say? Hmm. Over half of them say they were the most religious under the age of 18 years old, right? So something happens when we move into adulthood Hmm. where we are not as religious, not nearly as religious as we were when we were kids. And then from there, it's sort of like a downward slide away from behavior, belonging, and belief, it seems like. Well, so that's interesting. So that's the college era time Mm -hmm. in life, right? Um, it'd be interesting to know the breakdown between people who are actually attend college and people who would go to trade school or work or whatever and choose not to go to college. Um, so, Ryan, if that's the case, if if people are approaching religion, I don't know if I want to say differently, but I, I I think we have this this uh rush toward individuality, right? And so everybody's making their own decision. Well, you you do you. You know what you pick what whatever is good for you is what you should do. It seems like that has to be one of the I would call it like the spirits of the age, right? That has to mm-hmm. affect how people look at both belief, well, I guess all of them behavior belonging and belief. And I think you can even see it in the last week with the with the Dobbs decision in the Supreme Court, what you're hearing more and more amongst people is you you do with your body what you want mm-hmm. or you can't do with your body what you want. And actually when you hear a lot of people who were let's say anti same-sex marriage 10 years ago, now their position is you can marry whoever you want as long as it doesn't bother me, right? So right. I think America at the end of the day is a very individualized, like our worldview is very individual. And we're, listen, America is rugged, rugged individualists, which actually kind of makes it hard to be religious if you think about it. <laughs> because re- religion teaches you to be more collective, right? right? To think about the good of the kingdom and the good of your local church and the good of your community. So I think that, you know, there's always this tension in American life between this individuation that we have and the collectivism that every religion, by the way, not just Christianity, but every religion has a collective component to it. And I think we're always in America fighting against this collective versus individual idea. But if you think about what evangelicalism is, right, have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. How many times have we heard a pastor say you don't get saved by what your parents believed or what your church believes or what your great grandparents believe. It's what you do, right? So we're actually kind of like, I think we're capitalizing. I think pastors especially are capitalizing on the individual nature of American life and actually using that as kind sort of a tool to say you personally need to get saved. We don't care what your parents did, your community did, your church did. It's about what you do. 
But I also think that makes it harder to have a cohesive religious community at the same time when we're all individuals kind of doing our own thing. Mm, That's interesting. Okay, so 81% is where we are right now, Ryan, and you're saying we've seen a precipitous decline uh, projecting forward a decade ahead. Can you do that? I mean, do we at some point as a nation dip below 50% or is that ever going to happen or is that decades down the line? So let me give you from a belonging perspective, because I can get into the belief piece because I don't, just don't have the sample for that. But I'll give you a belonging perspective. Okay. I just made this graph that showed birth year and the share of people who have no religious affiliation. About 10% of people born in the 1930s say they're nuns, and it keeps rising from there. But something interesting happens between people born between 1980 and 2000. The line flattens out between 40 and 45% say they're nuns. So it does not continue this sort of like hockey stick rise up mm-hmm. into the right. You know, it never goes above 50%, for instance. So we're kind of seeing a, a plateau, I call it, in the data. There's a ceiling, it seems like, in, in the data where you just don't get much above 45%. So I don't see, at least in my lifetime, because these people who are coming of age now are going to be, you know, moving into adulthood in 20, 30 years when I'm, you know, 50 and 60. I don't see a future in my lifetime where over half of Americans say they have no religious affiliation. It might be 45%, maybe even 50%, but I still think even in, let's say, 2070, we're going to be in a situation where half of people are religious and half are not, and those 50% who are religious are going to be mostly evangelicals and some Catholics, but also some Jews and some Muslims and some Latter-day Saints, kind of a cadre of people who are basically all conservative, too, politically and theologically. That's who's going to be left in America in, let's say, 50 years. Interesting. Okay, so... So you said as you first joined us, you know, as these the survey comes out and we see the 81% that you're getting a lot of phone calls, you know, different media outlets, they're looking for you to affirm this essentially. Is that why they're calling? I think a lot of times in, in stories like this, I think the editor looks at one of the, the cub reporters and goes, hey, write a story about this. See. This seems interesting, right? Like try to make sense of this. And so, you know, when I talk to religion reporters, there's two kinds of reporters I talk to. One are religion reporters and one are non-religion reporters. And it's a completely different conversation depending on who I'm talking to. Like if I'm talking to a religion reporter, we already know all the terminology, all the history, all the context, all the subtlety that goes along with that. If you're talking to a non-religion reporter, especially a cub reporter who probably didn't grow up with religion, I've got to like do like a crash course in like five or ten minutes about here's what this means and here's where we are in context and here's where we were 30 years ago. So I think a lot more of those Gallup 81% stories were cub reporters or junior reporters trying to get like you know just get an idea hook for a piece and we're trying to write about it and then you get these you know religion reporters who are more interested in let's say long-term trends or subsets of groups like what do young men think about god versus young women things like that so i think really newsrooms here's what i realized newsrooms don't have a lot of you know people who are steeped in religion directing the coverage of the newsroom Mm -hmm. and a lot of smaller outlets especially and i think that means the stories they write are typically more superficial and don't have the nuance that i would like Mm -hmm. to see in the media now the national outlets do well post times wall street journal places like that do well it's the local outlets that don't seem to do as well because those reporters are general assignment they don't have to cover religion all the time and they don't get all of it which is you know i don't blame them for it right so then in some way that lack of you know um a deeper dive into religion uh is that effectively sort of denying us you know more religion knowledge which in some ways you know shows the decline of religion the more we know about religion the more likely we'd be willing yeah, to involve and the, and the less conversant we are in general to talk about it i think there's something there's a confirmation bias that goes on i think in, in every media newsroom which is like we want to affirm the idea that 
you know, the nuns are rising and disbelief is going up and yeah. we're going to be a not or secular country in 20 or 30. Actually, in my in my new book, 20 Myths, the very first myth is evangelicalism is in decline in America. That's not a narrative you hear out there in the media very often. The share of Americans who are evangelical was 70 million in 1993 and it's 70 million today. Mm. Right. So there's just as many evangelicals in America today there were 30 years ago. But that's not the narrative that a lot of newsrooms are aware of because they, obviously they don't dig in the data like I do. But it also doesn't confirm their priors. I don't care who you are, whether you, you know, you try to be as most objective as you possibly can. You have bias, right? You want to see a certain kind of story or not see a certain kind of story. And I think that that nudges you, subtly nudges you to push for more coverage one way and not push for coverage the other way. And I think in the aggregate, that leads to a certain narrative, right? Which is that Christianity is in decline. Evangelicals are going away. The nuns are rising or more secular or more liberal, which is not necessarily the story on the ground. Interesting. Ryan, as you leave us, uh, Ryan Burrs from Eastern Illinois University, give yourself a plug. People want to know more about your work, especially your books. Tell us. Mm -hmm. So the nuns, where they came from, who they are, where they're going is out right now. Second edition. I'm writing it. Actually wrote this morning. uh, Part of the second edition. Revised and expanded, adding a new chapter on what COVID did to American religion. Mm. So that's something I've been asked about a lot. Um, that'll come out March of 23, probably going to add 25 new graphs, 60 pages of new text. It's really going to be an expanded um, version of that. 20 myths about religion and politics in America came out of March of 2022, so it's out right now. The audiobook of that came out last month. Cool. So if you're into the audiobook thing, you can get the audiobook on Amazon right now. Audible has it as well. So you can – I didn't read it, by the way. I don't even know what it sounds like, but hopefully it's really good. You should have read um, it. But you can, you can buy that on uh, Amazon right now. You can find me at Ryan Burge on Twitter. I post two or three graphs every day on there. Stuff to get you thinking about American religion. Very good. 20 Myths About Religion and Politics in America, author Ryan Burge. Ryan, good to talk to you. Thank you, guys. Our pleasure. Thank you. Get you thinking about religion. The graphs, huh? the numbers. It's always very interesting. Okay, we'll take a quick break. What's up next? Does this make sense? Does this make sense? When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. It's Trinity Jewelers' 6th Annual Half-Off Half-The-Store Sale. It only happens once a year. Come to Trinity Jewelers July 7th through 12th and get half-off half-the-store. 50% of all their jewelry will be going for 50% off. Select items up to 70% off. So shop early for the best selection. Trinity Jewelers' Half-Off Half-The-Store Sale at Trinity Jewelers' Mount Nebo Road. Celebrating 22 years at their schoolhouse location. Ends July 
July 12th. Visit trinityjewelers.com. NTS stands for Master of Theological Studies, and it's a two-year degree for those who want to just deepen in their theological knowledge. With an MTS degree from RPTS, you can be ready for whatever God calls you to. We have three areas of concentration, biblical counseling, biblical studies, either the Old or the New Testament. You can also do one in doctrinal or historical studies. Learn how to get your Master of Theological Studies degree entirely online at rpts.edu. RPTS. Study under pastors. So in life, the rose you uh-ohs. Just save, better get Mako. And visit the paint and auto body experts at Mako today. Uh oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed. Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council. Listen on your smart speaker at wordfm.com, the Word FM app, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. In your car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Mainly clear skies for tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 65 for tomorrow. Warm and humid with partial sunshine, a heavy afternoon thunderstorm, the high 88. Patchy clouds and humid tomorrow night with a thunderstorm in the evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 69. Saturday, clouds and breaks of sun. It'll be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. Outdoor plans can be impacted. We'll reach a high of 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Does this make sense? Does what make sense? The printer. The printer, like on your PC, mm-hmm. on your laptop? Or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Why, why would that make sense? I mean, I, I need things printed out. I, I I'd say most of the people I know don't have a printer. What? Mm-hmm. Well, the, don't you have to print? In their home, don't have a printer. I, I, it's a necessary tool. I, I, 100%, I need a printer. Yes. Why wouldn't you need a printer? Because the world is digital. So if you need, you know, to send a form in, then you right, do it online. Right. If you need to send this right. in, all you do is copy it from one folder into another. Well, I do see that out. that advertisement, the commercial. The guy goes, you know, you're becoming your parent. You don't need to print the in- print the internet. And I go, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right, right. There is that. Uh huh. But I, I I do need to print things out. I like to reference things. I need. A, I, oftentimes, an article is more important to me as a paper copy. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just need a printer. Mm-hmm. What about, you know, you want to ship stuff, mailing labels and whatnot. Don't you need a printer for that? I am on your side. Yeah. I think that a printer does make sense. The reason I think it makes sense for me and based on the work that we do is I remember things differently if it's on paper 100%. than if I'm reading it on my phone or my iPad. Yep. I just it's a whole different part of my brain. I don't know what it is, but it is totally di- and so I can't mm-hmm. I can't just work on in the digital space. However, I do feel bad oftentimes printing stuff. I know, which is why I always you have to always have to print on both sides. Uh, nah, nah, no, you always right. don't you always print on not, both sides. Not always. No. You should always print on both sides, or if not, hand it to me and I'll print on the other side. Does this make sense? Wearing a crucifix. Ooh. Ooh. You mean just a cross or Jesus on it? Whatever. Okay. Wearing a crucifix. Does it make sense? A lot of people wear crucifixes. Yeah. Does it make sense to you? Do you have one? No. 
Never? No. You've never worn one? Mm-mm. Really? Because That's surprising I, to me. So I, it doesn't make sense to you, obviously. I don't know. I, I, it's not that I think it doesn't make sense for someone else. I don't... It, to me, I've always felt like it's, you know, like... Showy? No. It's like the electric chair hanging around your neck, which is what it is. You know, it's... I mean, it's... It's an extermination device, but it's also glorified. The cross is glorified. Yeah. So I think I, it it does make sense and it doesn't make sense. This is the first time ever I think I'm going to actually come down on both sides. You Can I do both, that? I guess. It's not this or that, right, Christy? Huh. Oh, it makes sense to me. Does it? Yeah. It makes do you sense. have a cross? Uh, in my pocket. Really? Mm-hmm. You carry it in your pocket every day? Yeah, in my pocket do every you? day. I don't have it around my neck. Huh. Yeah. So it does make sense to me. Okay. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I never knew you did that. Yeah, I just Find something new about John Hall. But I see it Every like, day. you know, around Madonna's neck or something. Oh, that like, doesn't make in sense. In pop culture, that and I go, I don't no, like it bo- as a piece of jewelry. That just makes me mad. As a piece of jewelry, no. But as yeah. an artifact, yes. Okay. Of holiness, yes. yes. It makes sense. 101.5 WORD. Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Are you carrying heavy burdens alone? We have burdens. Well, the Bible says man that is born of woman is full of trouble as the sparks that fly upward. But thank God we don't have to bear our burdens alone. Hear Adrian Rogers' series, How to Weather the Storms of Life, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. The word around town is that Pittsburgh homeowners are choosing doing it right when it comes to their roofing, siding, and remodeling projects. That's because since 1984, doing it right roofing, siding, remodeling continues to set the bar through clear communication and an insulation that's second to none. Doing It Right employs only the most experienced professionals to install and oversee your project. They'll stop at nothing to ensure your satisfaction. Doing business honestly, taking no money down and no payment until the job is complete. Doing It Right will ensure all work is installed to the industry's highest standards, then back it all up with their lifetime workmanship warranty. As a prestigious multi-award winning Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, as well as a VSI certified installation contractor, you can't go wrong with Doing It Right. Mention Johnny Kathy for a discount off your estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF for a free project evaluation or visit roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred for all mechanical systems. Heating and air 
our team has got you covered. Maintenance, service, installs, and repair. Call us when you need comfort. Online at TMSCHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted, proven, preferred. Since last week, we've been talking about uh, the Dobbs decision, the rollback. And uh, it's kind of funny. We've been talking about this. Somebody called earlier and said, are, are you going to show the other side? You're going to talk about the other side. Mm-hmm. We said no. Yeah. Because <laughs> this, this is our side. I mean, this, it's Christian right. talk. It's us. I mean, I'd be happy to have somebody come on and talk about it if they want to. It's not like we're allergic to the other no, opinion. I, but this is just, this is, look, this is how we feel. We're, in this instance, we're on the side of the dismembered people. What do you mean? The dismembered people. The people who are the victims of abortion. Yes, yes. Post row. how about Christians in the pro-life movement moving forward? Nicole uh, Hunt is with us. She's an attorney uh, working at Focus on the Family. And Nicole, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Good, Nicole. Thanks for being back. Um, so first off, uh, we've talked a lot about uh, post-Roe, but let's talk to, about the, the decision itself, the Dobbs decision. Um, how do you feel about it? Uh, you have any, as a, a Juris Doctor yourself, reaction to the opinion that Justice Alito wrote? Yeah, you know, first of all, I focus on the family. We just have this enormous gratefulness, first of all, to God for justice finally being served for the over 63 million babies whose lives have been lost through legalized abortion. And secondly, we are very thankful to the Supreme Court for restoring constitutional order. These matters should be decided Mm -hmm. by the people of the United States, not by the Supreme Court. And so we are thankful that there is restoration to that order and that the right belongs back to the people and their elected representatives. I'm into that. Totally agree with you. Isn't it interesting, we talked about this in the first hour of our program today, Nicole, that um, after the decision was uh, overturned, there was an outcry amongst people who are not just in celebrity or Hollywood communities, but also people who are elected officials saying that this uh, Dobbs decision represents, (laughs) I'm laughing because it's just ridiculous, the death of democracy. And I, I don't know what could be further from the truth. This is the essence of it. I mean, the, the essence of democracy exists in the legislative realm, and that's where abortion now exists. Absolutely. It was wrong almost 50 years ago when it was decided because those nine justices took legislative policymaking away from the legislature, which is one of the branches of government, and they took it into their own. We know that there are three branches of government. The legislature makes the laws. The judiciary, they interpret the laws, and the executive, they carry them out. So the judiciary stepped out of their lane and acted unconstitutionally when they started to make law from the bench. Mm-hmm. Justice has been restored for our Constitution. I'm into that. Okay, so let's talk about the future. Now, because of things are deeply in flux, Nicole, obviously, so we're not going to know what this is going to be looking like, I'm sure, for several years. But, you know, you hear a, a, a lot of different things. You know, there's going to be travel that's been prohibited from one state to another, or, you know, there are something called period trackers that, you know, you better not use that because, they, you know, they're going to find out if you had an abortion. I mean, all, all these different, you know, wild conspiracy things. Uh, can you give us some clarity? I mean, I, I know it's a very broad question, but what does the country look like post-Roe? Yes, it's a really important question that people need to spend some time thinking about. First of all, 
the first thing we want to know and we want to think about is that at this point, it looks more likely that the abortion question will be handled at the state level. But let's not forget that when we're talking about the rights of the people being restored to themselves and to their elected representatives, that means that we may at some point actually see action on this at the federal level. Now, right now, they're so divided that there's no way they could find a majority, specifically in the Senate, which needs at least 60 votes, um, all in favor of moving a bill along in order to move out of the Senate. But if there was enough of a consensus at the federal level, there is a possibility that Congress could act to either protect life or protect abortion, like they tried to do in this last legislative cycle. So pro-life members, we need to keep that in our minds that Something could be happening at the federal level in that manner. Something else that could happen is a, an amendment to the U.S. Constitution. Now, under constitutional law, that would need to be supported by three-fourths of the states. So we're talking 38 states. The landscape, of course, is much, much more divided than that. What we know right now is that there are 26 states who are likely or will support pro-life measures. But that means there are also 24 states who either have statutes or state constitutional provisions or simply policies that protect abortion. So we know right now that a constitutional amendment is not really a legitimate option. But those are two things that need to stay on the back burner. In the states, that's where all the action is going to be happening for the next very long period of time. But I can tell you, in the first Five days, five days yesterday since Roe was overturned, 12 states who are pro-life have already activated their trigger laws to protect life and restrict abortion in their states. So we're seeing significant movement already, and it's very exciting for the pro-life movement. Hmm. And so the fight certainly has not ended. Uh, I've shared on on our show before that um, the day that we found out about the overturn last Friday, Nicole, I instead I wasn't jubilant. I wasn't you know jumping up and down. I just felt a sense of trepidation because I I was just in my head kind of going forward and imagining what kind of legislative battles we're go- we're going to have, the kind of people who who might be intimidated, who are legislators, the kind of people that might be who might be dissuaded from running for office because of the, you know, nature of the vitriol that might happen mm-hmm. and probably will happen uh, to be realistic mm-hmm. about it. I don't know, Nicole, it just seems like this, this is when the rubber's really going to meet the road. I think it's going to, I think these are going to be hard times. Yeah. It's going to be very important for the, those in the pro-life community to stay firm. This isn't, this isn't the, the we won and now we're done. This would be, we had a battle just at the Supreme Court in one spot. Now the battle lines are in all 50 states because what we know about the pro-abortion lobbying group is that they'll stop at nothing to protect their business model. If abortions go out of style, if abortions are no longer done, well, then guess what? Planned Parenthood doesn't have a business model to protect anymore. So they are motivated by the bottom line and the bottom dollar. We know right now that for those 12 states that I was mentioning who have already started to protect life, ACLU and Planned Parenthood have begun lawsuits, and the lawsuits primarily are targeting their state constitutions. And so the argument that the pro-abortion industry is making now is that the state constitution has a privacy clause, and in that privacy clause is an understanding of a woman's right 
to have an abortion. So we're going to continue for, for sure when it comes to state law and state interpretation of law. We're going to see a battle over whether or not statutes protect abortion and whether or not uh, state constitutions protect abortion. And then as you all mentioned earlier, yes, the fight over um, mail order abortions, mail, uh, mail order for abortion medicines, that's going to continue. Many states who are pro-life have um, indicated that they um, are or are already have passed laws that will prohibit mail order abortion being sent, meds being sent into the state. But what we also know is that the pro-abortion industry is fighting tooth and nail to get access for not only physicians, but also um uh, prescription uh, organizations to be able to mail those medicines from out of state into state. And so we're going to see a conflict of state law, which I think is also going to play out in the, in the court system. Fascinating. From Focus on the Family, we're speaking with Nicole Hunt, who's an attorney from Focus on the Family. So, Nicole, um, you, you referenced the the abortion industry. That's always a phrase that, you know, fascinates and horrifies us. Uh, so uh, when Roe was repealed, um, Planned Parenthood immediately came out and said, well, we're going to have to, you know, shut down some of um, our, our locations. We're going to go out of business, which, of course, raises the specter of, well, that's ridiculous. Because I, mean, I thought, you know, Planned Parenthood really was only, you know, just deriving 3% of their of their work from abortions. But uh, apparently uh, that was a misnomer or just an out-and-out lie from the first place. Yeah, absolutely. This is, um, this is where they make their money. Women want to go to Planned Parenthood because they know that if they're interested in getting an abortion, that that's the place that will get them the abortion. And the truth is, is in a lot of states, like we're focused on the families located in Colorado. Here in Colorado, you can get an abortion even after Rose reversal. You can get an abortion for all nine months of pregnancy for any reason whatsoever. Wow. Yeah. Last question for you uh, before you leave us, Nicole. Uh, we have a, a vaccinologist that was kind enough to join us every month during the COVID uh, pandemic. And regularly we'd ask him how it felt to him to you know, have devoted his life to this study and to have people on Facebook who act like they're vaccinologists also, but, you know, majored like me in English literature or something. Um, does it, When a major Supreme Court ruling comes out like this for you, do you have similar feelings? Like, do you think, wow, when did everyone become a law expert? Yeah, I often laugh about the poll that says that the majority of Americans um, do not want Roe to be reversed. And I laugh about that because I say, well, you know what that means is just the majority of Americans don't actually know what Roe means because they're not attorneys. Right. <laughs> Roe Ro stood for abortion on demand whenever a woman would want it because it's a constitutional protection. It wasn't until the next case, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, that they limited that to viability to the time in which a baby could live outside the womb. Because the truth is, is if you look at polling, most Americans are horrified at the thought of having an abortion in the last trimester. In fact, 70% of the people say we should limit abortions, at least limit them by the third trimester, because that's a baby in the womb. So yes, I do laugh at that because I'm like, well, these poll- the polling is just demonstrating that not most Americans are attorneys and they don't understand mm-hmm. all of the case law, which they're not supposed to. But the point is, is that they're confusing the public 
And they're using misinformation to try to tell a story that's not true. I'm into that. You know, I, I often think, you know, Kath and I have talked about this as well, Nicole, that, you know, as you said, coming in, almost 50 years of established law. And, and I'm sure this is the case with with you and any number of people who work at Focus on the Family. You, you think about, you know, the millions of people who opposed abortion over these last 50 years and, and weren't political, you know, in their, in their mindset, you know, weren't out marching. They, they may have showed up at, you know, Planned Parenthood and prayed quietly or, you know, families who, who prayed over this for decades and decades and decades, you know, thinking maybe in the back of their minds, Lord, please let this happen. But, you know, when, whenever the ruling was announced, it, even the leak notwithstanding, it was still a shocking moment. And you think about the glory and the grace of God and the faithfulness of all these people, thousands and I'm sure millions of people over these many years who have been on the front lines. And uh, I'm just grateful for that. And at the same time, to think about organizations like Focus on the Family who have been also very faithful in this. I mean, it has been a great day of jubilation. Absolutely. Um you know, as we're coming up on the 4th of July, I would just say that this, um, the overturn of Roe has just given me personally renewed hope that America can correct its course. She mm-hmm. can redeem herself. She can act with virtuous freedom and protect pre-born human life. We're getting a second chance to get this right. And, you know, I pray to, Lord, pray to the Lord that we will, that we'll defend life and protect pre-born babies. That's Nicole Hunt. She's an attorney and serves as writer and spokesperson at Focus. More information about her, just go online and check out Focus. Going to take a break. Coming up next, NASA scientists from the Webb Telescope, they see what comes back image-wise. They say they're nearly brought to tears. Let's talk about it next. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. Speaking of zero, right now get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarrestpittsburgh.com. Are you kidding me? Gas prices are up again? Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. That's why I use Upside. Upside? What's that? It's a free app that pays you back real money for every gallon of gas or diesel you buy. I just earned 25 cents back on every gallon of this tank. Hold on. So the Upside app is free and you actually get cash back every time you use it? No strings attached? Yep, it's awesome. Check it out. It only takes a couple of minutes to sign up. Instead of just watching your dollars go into your tank, start putting money back into your wallet with the free app from Upside. With the price of gas today, it's big news and big money. To cash out of your 
Upside Cash. Just transfer it to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card. Upside users have already earned over $200 million. Now it's your turn. Download the free Upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas. Use promo code EARTH for an extra $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's code E-A-R-T-H. Use code EARTH for an extra $0.25 cents per gallon back in your first fill-up. The Mechanical Services Company. Trusted. You can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. The Mechanical Services Company has fixed HVAC systems large and small for over 100 years. For fair treatment, expert service, and affordable solutions 24-7-365, find them online at tmscHVAC.com. The Mechanical Services Company, trusted, proven, preferred. The Specialized Recruiting Group takes an individual approach to placing people in contract and full-time roles. And they're ready to help you find your next opportunity. Visit srgexpress.com to get connected with an employment expert. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Odyssey. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. It has been six months since the uh, James Webb Telescope has been launched into space. Which, if you haven't kept up with that bit of engineering, is so shocking. It's such an inc- it's such an incredible accomplishment that humans could produce such a thing. I agree. I mean, it's it was a white knuckle moment to assemble the, the telescope and then to with such incredible it. precision. Yep, and then it traveled millions of miles. Uh, but now, apparently, all that effort in the rearview mirror and uh, Webb's massive uh, 6.5-meter diameter mirror is gazing outward and collecting scientific data and images. Now, here's the cool thing. Uh, the images are being taken right now, and scientists are looking at these images. Now, NASA says that it plans to release to the public the first time these images will be seen at 10.30 in the morning on July 12th, the result of Webb's first light observations and um reporting on the first encounter with data from the web one of the um scientists uh, uh, uh andrew zuckerman says that he was in awe when he saw what the telescope had proven capable of he said zuckerman said that he almost cried when looking at the mm-hmm. first photos taken by this new telescope quote it's really hard to not look at the universe in a new light and not just have a moment that is deeply personal. It's an emotional moment when you see nature suddenly releasing some of its secrets. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to imagine and look forward to those images. Oh, my That's gosh. Cool. Now, it's, I'm a little, a little sort of anxious because you don't want to overhype something. Right, of course. I mean, you know, if you, if you love the, the Hubble images which they themselves right. were, are still astounding, this is supposed to go well beyond that. So what I will don't know. we see? Is that well beyond it in clarity? Distance. Right. Okay, but will it, But it, are the images going to be of the same ilk? Like as far as the type of clarity we're used to with the Hubble? We don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I guess the scientists And it's also that. hard when you're looking at an image on your phone. It's hard to go, wow, no. because it's in your hand. Right. But seeing it in a large, you know, in a large scale image with something, you know, like visual fidelity, that would be really, really great. I mean, they're, they're promising us images of 
the beginning of the universe. The but beginning. Pro- but probably not this time, not this group of images, right? No, no. Yeah. But they're saying, you yeah. know, ultimately, this has the capability to go back to see that. What, how how does you, that? I don't even I don't understand know. that. I don't either. I do not understand that either. But I look forward to those images. Again, so is that say, because the universe is still moving out yes, from that moment? Right, right. So that's what they're talking right. about. The universe is still in motion. Yes. Go. So the imprint of that first thing is still there. You just have to have the means to do that. Apparently, the scientific means are already there. So we're going to see that in two weeks. Have you ever heard people talk about, and Christians talk about this, that when they get to heaven, they're afraid of being bored? <laughs> no. Okay? They're afraid of being I'm, bored because, you know, they you can't imagine what infinity would be like or eternity would be like, right? And I think that studying or just taking, not I don't even study, but just reading about astronomical things is the closest I can get to expanding my mind in how enormous of a prospect it is. Yeah. If that's the creation and it's that infinite, that amazing, that particular, that beautiful, what's the creator like? I don't think we'll be bored, right? That's the least of your worries. I don't think we're going to be bored. Hey, thanks for being with us. The podcast is up and running as we leave the air. Have yourself a great night, and uh, God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.